I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm going to show the whole world why I was the unscripted, uncensored, loose cannon of commentary. I'm back, baby. Broadcasting from Manchester in the United Kingdom, this is the Aaron Meta Show. When the Fuhrer says, we is the master race, we hire, hire. Right in the Fuhrer space, not to love the Fuhrer is a great disgrace, so we hire, hire. Right in the Fuhrer space. When her Gerber says, we own the world in space, we hire, hire. Right in her Gerber space, when her Gering says, he'll never bomb this place, we hire. Right in her curing space Are we not the Superman? Aryan pure Superman Yeah, we is the Superman Super duper Superman Is this Nazi land so good? Would you leave it if you could? Yeah, this Nazi land is good We would leave it if we could We bring the world new order See Kyle Donald Trump yeah, absolutely. Zikai, and uh, see Kyle Marine Le Pen from the sounds the, of things as well. Yeah, to the hairy Führer. Yeah. I mean, what is, what is wrong with the world at the moment? I, mean, to... I don't know, mate. I don't know. I think since we've last talked, there's been a, a few things which no doubt we are going to discuss on uh, on this uh, particular podcast, but... Uh, yeah, good, good, good choice of song to open with. <laughs> You're listening to the Arometta and Harry Dyer show. I am Arometta, and he is Harry Dyer. Okay, hi, Harry. How's it doing? How's it going? Not too bad, Matty. Not too bad. How's things with you? I'm um, pretty quiet, to be honest with you. I mean, it's uh, been. I mean, I've been at home for uh, a little bit uh, on uh, using as much of my uh, uh, vacation time as I can do, and because uh, it's December, and as we all know, those where that where all the holidays go to die. So. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and where uh, all of our money goes to die as well, I think. Yeah, pretty but, uh, much, yeah. But uh, I will say that um, I have uh, managed to do all of my Christmas shopping this year uh, at one location. Uh, there is an app that I got for my phone uh, for wish.com, and uh, it's basically a website that's kind of a little bit like Pinterest and... Um, it has lots of random sort of gift things on there that are all reduced by like sort of 70% or 80%. So you can get stuff dirt cheap. Um, and yeah, and, and there's some really, you know, there's some decent stuff on there. And I remember thinking, oh, okay, what's the catch though? If I'm buying, you know, like a, a watch for a couple of quid, what's the catch? And the catch really is just the fact that uh, it takes a while to get to you. Um, whereas things like you know Amazon and eBay might be a little bit more prompt, this one takes a little bit longer. So some of the presents that I've ordered may not actually arrive in time for Christmas. However, uh, as I have done many years before, I will give people presents after Christmas is done uh, because then that means that I can extend the festive feeling into the new year rather than just go, right, Christmas is over, now we start January and the winter blues. Uh, and also to make a point that Christmas is not just one day of the year, it's uh, every day of the year if we make it. Yeah, I just think, uh, you know, Christmas is, is, is a really great time. You know, it's not just the fact that, uh, you know, we get all the Christmas specials uh, back on again. <laughs> you know, uh, all the Hey Arnold fans are watching uh, 
uh, Arnold's Christmas again. You know, they finally found a uh, a chance to uh, stick it on the television, even though uh, they probably watch it all the year round anyway. Sure. But uh, I mean, it's like it's uh, you know it's, it is really great time, and uh, you know, get a chance to spend time with your family and stuff, and uh, you know, think of other people as well besides yourself, which is yeah. uh, you know is a very eye opening experience. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah, thinking of other people, I think for me is uh, the the paramount of Christmas. Um, I buy presents for everybody, and I do cards for everybody. And some people say to me, "Well, you know, are they going to get you anything?" And I go, "No." And they go, "Well, what are you what are you bothering for then?" Yeah, well, why? Because you know, it's back? like it's uh, you know, you're not doing it because you know it's you're going to get something out of it. You're doing it because yeah. you know you care about people at Christmas. Exactly, Christmas is about giving, not receiving, and yeah. I love to give. So unless yeah. you're Helga Pataki, and you know, Christmas is all about presents, and uh, you know. And, uh, <laughs> But, yeah. uh, but we all know what happens at the end of the, uh, the episode. I've watched that episode countless times, so don't many, worry. That's, times. that's not what I think. But it's too, too <laughs> much. Of it, so. Anyway, shall we? Uh, so speaking of uh, self-serving people, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I might have just uh, angered quite a lot of people by saying that. But uh, um, did you hear about what happened with uh, Mayim uh, Nayamzi, who is a, the uh, campaigner against religious fundamentalism in uh, who was at Goldsmith <laughs> University? Did I hear about it? I watched the uh, I video. I uh, watched the full-length video, and I watched the condensed one. Um, and I have to say, it was uh, a very um, disheartening uh, show um, on the part of the people who turned up to her. Uh, discussion to her lecture, um, but I'll I'll let you. Uh, yeah, it's fill just in, so basically. What well, was so? Like, let's start this off. So they, so she comes in and wants to do like a lecture, which to be honest with you is like I I totally you know don't get me wrong. I'm full freedom of speech. I'm full you know and uh, being able to express yourself and things like that. But there's something that tells me I think maybe the university made a little bit of a mistake by saying okay, here's going to be this hour and a half lecture of basically her side of things and you know it's going to go unchecked which you know um you know i'm not saying that you know people shouldn't be allowed to talk about these things and and things like that but i think that was probably the wrong way to go about it if it was if it was was me i would be like okay here's my um, Nayamzi, and here's like an imam or something like that, and so you know, basically they can have like this, you know, to and throw about certain aspects of Islam, certain aspects about the Middle East, and then so at least uh, each each one has the chance to kind of like uh, you know uh, have have a discussion about it because that's what universities are about. They're about you know th- you know uh, different thoughts and opinions about things. Basically, they're being like uh, you know basically thinking workshops. If mm. anything, well, on top of everything like that, which mm. you know, so I mean, but you know, I'm not saying that you, Mayam, didn't have the chance to, uh, he shouldn't have had the chance not to be able to put her side off. You know, it's like you know, the fact that we had people interrupting her, you know, uh, having their phones on, stuff like that, you know, talking while she was while she was talking. Some guy stupidly, you know, making, um, you know, saying that, oh, that guy's filming me, yada yada yada, and then that basically, you know, made her blow a gasket and basically say, you know, you know, please, you know, get out. And things like that, you know. Obviously, that in itself was absolutely terrible. What they should have really have done is they should have either not gone at all, you know, if they didn't really want to listen to uh, someone uh, mouth off like that, or if they wanted to, uh, you know, for me, they should have just sat there. They should have given her her, her say. They probably should have jotted some of the stuff that she said down. And if they feel they had a reason to argue against it, there would be questions at the end, and they could have called her out on it. Mm-hmm. That there were so many ways they could have done this. 
to kind of uh, up the ante, if you will, and uh, make themselves look like, oh, hey, you know, here they are, you know, properly defending themselves in a learning environment. But instead, they just, you know, talked over her, they decided to just disrupt her and stuff like that, and didn't give her any chance to kind of put her aside, which yeah. I think was a mistake. Yeah, they, they basically uh, came across as uh, arrogant, uneducated, disrespectful yobs, uh, which is not uncommon um, amongst people like that. Um, these are people who, uh, if they had their way, would have uh, people silenced and censored, which I think is uh, absolutely despicable. Um, I don't know. It's like the, the, for me, I feel like they're, they're getting things mixed up. You know, they talk about how, you know, oh, you're talking about Islam in this way. That's racist. It's like, you know, uh, actually, I've got, yeah. I've got well, the clip here. Like, not- you know, it's like, it's like they, they yell like, like that. But, you know, it's like they, they are getting kind of mixed up about the kind of the racist elements of uh, what what's basically being discussed here. You yeah. know, it's like we're not saying that, uh, you know, all Muslims are terrorists or anything like that. They're not saying that all Muslims are extremists. They are saying that the ideology uh, allows... Uh, this to kind of grow and flourish. I think that's what's basically what what she was trying to get at here. It's the ideas rather than the people. Well, that's on that's on trial here, which you know I sort of agree and disagree with. But at the same time, she is not. She was not out to get Muslims. That's not why why she was there. Most as she was saying throughout the entire presentation, you know, most of my family are Muslim. Even my own father is Muslim. Things like that. So I think it was misconstrued. As, you know, from people there who, you know, let's face it, are young. You know, it's like they, they probably haven't yet gained the uh, the ability to kind of look at, put, put themselves in other people's <laughs> shoes and kind of look, you know, from a from a third from a third perspective or have a third eye, if you will. And well, so that, I think, is, um, that that's part of it as well. So I think it was basically just, you know, a, a, a room full of steam and basically nowhere to, nowhere to cool it off. Well... Well, I mean, let's let's just uh, yeah, let's talk about that. Um, yeah, so quite right. There, she was there to discuss uh, the the dangers of ideological and uh, theocratic thinking, in the sense that when somebody lives their life based on dogma of this kind, uh, it has um, or it it is detriment to society, culture, civilization, and people. Um, And like you say, she was not out to attack Muslims, and she was certainly not being racist. Uh, This is something that I've got uh, a bit of an issue with, Um, just in terms of the fact that this uh, people saying, oh, this is racist, or people saying, oh, this is Islamophobic, or saying, oh, you're being bigoted. Uh, This now apparently is the tactics that people will use when somebody puts to them, uh, sometimes not even an argument, sometimes just an idea or a different opinion. And if it's one that they don't like or don't agree with or something that goes against what they think or what they feel, they will hold up one of these magic cards uh, to basically shut down all discussion and all debate. Um, I mean, the way I mean, I read upon this and how this all came about, how this manifested, was the fact that the, uh, the sort of Islamic student um, society found out that she was coming to the university to do this talk, and uh, immediately 
uh, went online saying that uh, she's coming to do this talk. She's yeah. going to be expressing Islamophobic ideas. Um, you know, and paid, well, I mean played, that that's played, played, that that, 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 that part of it in itself, I think, was probably a different. It was probably a different problem. You know, obviously we had the issue with uh, Julie Bindle and uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, who were. Uh, had a, she was getting into Manchester University because of you know so-called safe space, quote unquote, and so I mean obviously that in its you know the, if we were talking about you know Nyamzi not being able to give her presentation and be able to tell people her point of view, uh, and basically the Islam Society decided to you know we're not uh, you know, decided to was successful in stopping her from basically ta- talking out that in itself would be you know an issue we'd be talking about here in regards well, to the content of what she's talking uh, about. Uh, so, as far as I'm concerned, it's an infringement on freedom of speech. Well, it, did, it didn't. Well, it, well, they didn't succeed. So it's like you know, if anything, they just came across as basically you know, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to find the best word for it. You know, they they just came across as stupid, really, because it was well, like, oh, well, we we can stop this. No, you can't. So. Well, you know, if if it was if it was anyone, if it was anybody else, you know, like you know, you would think they're they're acting like. I don't know, a bunch of chavs hanging around a park, you know, like the, mm. the, the, just the behavior was pathetic. Yeah. And the, I think the, the problem thing- is, though, is that I think um, in regards to now that she's spoken here and obviously she's given, uh, you know, a view on her views on Islam, which, you know, she's she's in, within totally within her rights to do. That's not open for debate. She had every right to uh, to express those. Views. I think the question is now. Who else gets invited to do these lectures? I mean, it's like, are we going to say that, you know, Paul Golding from Britain First now is going to be looking at this and thinking, you know, I could go down and, you know, give a, give a, you know, tell my view about what we should do with Muslims. Like, you know, it's uh, probably well, you put a nice little PC kind of, uh, you know, kind of more, uh, you know, the, um, instead of like the, the jackboot thugs and things like that, he'll put on a suit and just say, you know, oh, well, you know, Islam is this, Islam is that. It's like, you know, you can't stop me from saying this because you had someone else there before who was able to say these things. So well, I, think, I, think, I think it then opens now, opens up the debate about who can actually start coming down to, uh, you know, speak with students and such. Yeah, well, I mean, let's not forget, you know, this, this you know, there's a, there's a, there's a difference between, uh, you know, a speaker like her and a speaker, um, you know, from the EDL. She has, you know, she's got something to kind of bring to the table. She's not coming out to attack anybody. She's coming out to say, listen, these are my experiences that I've had. This is what I think about it based on, you know, research and things that I've done. And I'm not out to, you know, I'm not out for a witch hunt. I'm just out to express ideas that perhaps we can take from. But, you know, these people came along with no intention of having any kind of intellectual discussion. These people were clearly already indoctrinated, clearly already had, you know, their minds are made up. So they're not going to get anything out of it. They're just there to silence people. And I think it's a very, very... um, you know, it was it was terrible. I don't it know. Some of the some of the. I mean, like, I mean, let's, I'm not going to dismiss. You know, obviously the whole audience that were you know they were there who were of the uh, of the Islamic uh, uh, um, persuasion. You know, obviously well, some of, were, some of them were, actually were there who were sitting, were, kind of sat there, just let the debate play out, and then they asked the question. They asked awkward questions afterwards, which I would have been happy with. It's like you know, if uh, if it's, if we were talking about you know Namazi not being able to uh, you know take a heated audio, heated Q and A. Obviously, then we'd uh, I'd be saying, "Oh, well, come on! You know, if you if you open the, the floor up to uh, 
to uh, the to the to the floor and you know ask ask questions. You're expected to kind of take them, you know, after you've given a, you know an hour and a half of like something that they particularly disagree with. But the fact that it was uh, you know the fact that it played out the way it did, the fact that uh, you know people were being disruptive and, and everything like that. But uh, there were those people in there. But at the same time, there were actually people there of uh, you know of, of the uh, of the Islamic faith who actually was kind of just sat there, let it all play out, and then started asking questions afterwards. So it wasn't like the whole bunch of them doing it. No, no, they were just a select group of Islamists who were there to silence any kind of debate or discussion that was going on. And the other thing that I found interesting was that, you see, there's this thing that I've become aware of in the last sort of month um, and something that I'm noticing now more and more, now that I'm aware of it, which is the fact that uh, obviously you're always going to have religious bigots, um, you know, and they make themselves very, you know, they, they will stand out in a crowd, as was the case with the guy who jumped up and switched the projector off and who turned the lights off on the way out like, yeah. a, like a five-year-old child. Actually, I didn't see the um, part where he turned the lights off. When, where, where else did that happen? That was right at the end. He eventually left um, and just turned all the lights off on his way out. Um, Even chimpanzees yeah. don't do that. No, exactly. But, um, but there are also uh, people, because I, I would say, um, I would consider myself to be uh, liberal. I would say that I'm on the left. I will fight for uh, the freedoms and stand up for the freedoms uh, of anybody, whoever they are, because you know I think that we shouldn't have to live under tyranny. We should live uh, as free as we possibly can. However, there are groups of people, and I had a run-in uh, with one of these, uh, which I won't go into. I may go into another time, but... Um, the people who, uh, to coin the phrase, uh, and just to put it out there, people who one would describe as the regressive left or the regressive liberals, uh, these are the people who... Do we include the social well, justice warriors in this group of people? That's exactly who Yeah, we go. Yeah, those are the guys, yeah. These are the people who will, um, who will attack anybody, including people on the left. So these are people who are so far left, they've almost sort of become, you know, I, I suppose you'd say like the fascist left or political hipsters. You know, these are people who will use the race card, the bigot card, the Islamophobe card. Do you know what it reminds me of, actually? You know, it's the, uh, you know, the episode of South Park where uh, Cartman's hunting hippies. <laughs> and it's, it's, yeah. it's those people. Well, I, I used to refer to them, actually, from South Park uh, as the hippie liberal douchebags. Um, you know, the, these are people who well, don't. I don't know. It's like, aren't they kind of like the, the know-it-all? Uh, I want you the kind of the know-it-all phase. I think if uh, yeah, at the and like identity politics as yeah. well. Like you know, it, it's basically people who just want to get into fights and want to hunt Nazis, but they don't actually bring anything to the table. They don't actually have any solution on how to improve a situation they're just very eager to constantly point out how bad everybody is including the people who aren't actually that bad um and the the point the, the point I, I raised this is because when the uh islamic student union whatever they call themselves the ISOC, islamic society is the isoc according to this isoc yeah um they immediately... Oh, God, that's a horrible acronym to have. You know, it's that close to a certain, yeah, acronym. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, the um, when they posted this, immediately to their side came the uh, 
support of the uh, feminist union of the university and the LGBT uh, union of the university who are immediately standing by them saying, yeah, we stand up for people. Uh, people shouldn't ever feel like they're being threatened or offended by Islamophobes. And, and there was just a part of me that kind of thought to myself, do, do you actually understand what what's going on? You know, what this talk's going to be about? You don't actually know anything about this person again you're just jumping on a bandwagon the bandwagon of like yeah we're gonna fight for freedom and but you're sort of fighting the wrong people because and just just to throw this out there um if uh you know if for instance you know you were well the the, the you know that you're you're chucking you you're chucking in your lot yeah with this uh ideology which if it had its way, if it had its full implemented way, your rights as feminists and as LGBT people uh, wouldn't be taken into account. You know, they wouldn't be running to fight alongside you if your rights were being threatened. You know, it, it just seems to be a very kind of, it seems to be a very sort of studenty university sort of thing to do and well i'd imagine as universities have students in them so uh, i think well, it's uh, <laughs> obviously yeah, but yeah, yeah. What, what i mean is that a lot of the people who tend to be the most vocal uh tend to be the people with kind of the least life experience you know and i don't want to sound like i'm condescending in that way because i i can tell you for a fact no, you're not condescending I, because if you're if you, you know if we're, these people if we're you know again i'm not gonna i'm gonna speak for uh, you know, I, I don't want to like, yeah, obviously we don't want to like paint them all in, no, like, we, we, we tar them all with the same brush, the likelihood that, the likelihood that you've gone from, you know, high school to college to university, the likelihood is you probably not have much life, too much life experience. Okay, maybe you've had like, uh, you know, a part-time job helping like, uh, you know, your your, uh, your parents out at a, like a corner market or something like that, you know, or maybe you've had, you know, maybe you've had some kind of experience of life. I don't know. Maybe you've driven a car or whatever. But uh, I mean, it doesn't mean that. Uh, it, this is the thing as well. It's like uh, the fact that I think some kids grow up so much. It's like you know, by the time you know, once they get to eighteen and they get into, they feel like they've got into the world. They almost feel like you know, like, like they're they're an all-knowing adult, mm-hmm. which is a stupid kind of uh, you know uh, um, thought to have. Yeah. You know, given the fact that you've barely had any life experience outside of your parents' house. And yeah, like, exactly, you know, outside of this kind of, you know, nice sheltered life that you've been living. Yes. Um, and, you know, and I, I just think that people really, really need... that. Like, the, the point I've been saying to a lot of people when I've talked about things like this or about any of the sort of, you know, like the situations in Syria, the events of France, things like that, the thing people need to do and the thing that a lot of people aren't doing for you know reasons that again that we could go into is that you really have to be able to self-educate yourself you have to be able to go and read up on things you have to try and get as much information about a topic as possible if you're going to make comments on it or if you're going to choose where you stand on something yeah but I one thing i would to... say about that is be very careful about where you get your uh, your your oh, sources from because as, as uh, i'll safely say this as abraham lincoln once said i don't believe everything you read on the internet <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but uh i've seen that one yeah um but yeah and then the, the other thing to point out as you as you rightly said is that there were people in that audience who uh were you know practicing muslims uh who were not there to cause trouble, who were there to, you know, come and listen to what she had to say. 
there's a there's a very distinct difference between Islamists and people who just practice Islam. The Islamists are the people who believe that it is kind of, you know, it deserves special treatment above everything else in society, apparently including freedom of speech. Whereas there are those people, like any practicing religious person, where their religion is just a slice of their personality, a slice of their life, and they just want to be able to practice this and enjoy their life. But there are some people who are treating it almost like it's a political movement in itself. And these are the people that, you know, that, that, will, that will do things like this. And I just think it, it's, a, it's... The other funny thing, just to add to this, is that a lot of these people uh, tend to be people who have never lived in an Islamic country. And yet they defend, you know, they, they come well, out. Mind you, this, this is where we start going into a bit of a grey area, really. Like, how do we define an Islamic country? I mean, like, well, some, yeah, of the, uh, some of well, the imams that I, I, some of the Muslims that I've spoken to in the past, I mean, like, if you say, like, uh, oh, well, Saudi Arabia is a, is, a, is a Muslim country, it's like, it's like, really? It's like, there's uh, some of the, some of the punishments they hand out are, are barely, barely Islamic. And like uh, from from what the, from what they tell me, there's nothing well, that yeah. they 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 take like the Wahhabi that's, version that's of Islam, where basically you know it, you you know so you can you know so it takes a more of a deadlier version of Islam. There is uh, yeah. you know some of some of the more you know moderate you know if, if, let's, let's, let's say this, I mean if uh, if if the Muslims uh, all over the world acted the same way that ISIS and like the Saudi Arabian regime would would act. It's like you know, wouldn't we be seeing more? Like you know, when we you know forget you know uh, Lee Rigby and what you know what happened to that what happened to that guy? You know, God rest his soul. Uh, you know, well, wouldn't we be seeing that on a more regular basis? Like you know, we open a newspaper and it's like, oh, there's been like uh, you know 16 beheadings to you know in like 16 different cities across the country. Wouldn't we be seeing this more on a regular basis? Well, again, this is the difference between extremists and Islamists. You know, I remember someone saying about the fact that you have. Uh, extremists who will, you know, they'll go out and attack people. Islamists will let them do it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a very wide, you know, it's a spectrum of different thinking. And, you know, and I, again, this is why self-education is very important because you don't want to fall in with the bandwagons of things like the EDL or Islam for UK who or basically, Trump, who who basically say that all Muslims and all Islam is this. And, you know, it's not the case. There are many, many different kinds of Muslims who believe many, many different things. It's just the fact that, unfortunately, the most dominant form of the ideology, which is the Wahhabi Islam, uh, which, you know, the reason that is so dominant is the fact that it has kind of aggressively rooted itself uh, in the world, um, which, you know, was, if you read up on it, was originally kind of, it was done as a kind of, you know, political, strategical move. But unfortunately, it appears as though the monster has broken out of the lab. Um, and of course, don't forget. Well, it's the Frankenstein monster that's uh, that you know, has been created by you know the uh, the social justice warriors and like uh, you know all the people who think that you know Islam there's no you know Islam is the perfect you know uh, way of life and you know it's it's going around right now you know birds uh, starting fires and uh, you know terrorizing villages you know it's like you know yeah. it's uh, yeah uh, but I mean just to, just to sort of come back to point because I feel that we could go off on a tangent which will never which will take we'll never we'll know, never come we'll, back from we'll never come. Back around but um 
I would say that in situations like this, when you have uh, people speaking uh, in a you know in a lecture or in a debate, um, if people are going to be there simply to disrupt um, because they don't agree with it, then they should be ejected. Or better still, they just shouldn't go in the first place. And the other thing is, well, they well, should be ashamed of themselves. Oh, it's yeah, like you know, it's like I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. That you know, maybe it might not. Maybe it might happen. Maybe it might not. But I'm hoping that you know they'll take you know in maybe five, maybe in ten years' time, they'll take a look at that YouTube video and uh, they'll look at themselves and think, Jesus Christ, what have I done? Yeah, exactly. But the the other thing as well is that, that you know we, that there has to be uh, there has to be a, a discussion. Uh, there has to be some kind of you know we we have to look at these words like you know bigot racist islamophobia and we have to understand that like you know these words carry weight and if people are just going to throw them around because they feel like their feelings are going to get hurt a little bit you know that that's that i think is not right you know, I tell you what, there was one part of the video which I felt a bit uncomfortable with. Now I've got to be careful. I'm, I'm really sorry. Cause I did actually have to skip a couple. I was trying to skip over like the bits where the interrupting was going on because I wanted to hear what she had to say, in you know, so I could like sum up, you know. Where, and I, to be honest with you, I didn't find too much wrong with. Uh, you know, I disagreed with some of the things that she said, but I didn't find too much like nothing I saw, at least or like at least I heard, sounded like confrontational or anything like that. It just sounded like she was just giving her opinions and giving her experiences. Mm-hmm. And but there was one woman who sat up and uh, she said she think she was from Libya, and uh, she said something really horrible. I didn't. I actually missed that part of it. And then someone kind of went up and said, well, it's like, you know, okay, well, that happens in Libya, but that doesn't happen in the United Kingdom. And I was almost kind of like, fuck you. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah. that almost been through such a horrendous experience. And how, do you bel- how dare you belittle it like that? Yeah, like, oh. I know. It was, it, it's, I, I don't, I'm, I don't accept that argument when people say, oh, well, you know, you're talking about Islam, but these are problems that exist in the UK, so we shouldn't, you know, really be talking about it. I'm like, uh, but most but of the context this... of what she was talking about was talking about what happens in, you know, so-called Islamic countries, like what happens yeah. in Saudi Arabia and what happens in some of the most, you know, brutal elements of our world. That's it's it. like, you and know, that, that's what she was going. She wasn't. I think she. I mean, I don't. I, again, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm only. I'm trying to piece as much of this together as I possibly can because it was a pretty long lecture, and uh, so. Uh, and I was listening on the on the offshoot while I was doing some other things, but uh, I mean, from what she was going on about, she, I think she was going on about you know the you know the Wahhabi, uh, the most extreme form of, of Islam, which uh, you know people submit themselves to, which you know is incredibly stupid, mm-hmm. and um, you know I think she was talking about that that aspect of it, and uh, she didn't seem to me at any point saying you know oh this is the way all Muslims behave and this is the way they all think. No, no, it's like you know is- it's it's not like I mean. I mean, I know I'm comparing apples and oranges here. It's like it's not—it's not like you know, uh, you know, the Church of Scientology, where you know all sorts <laughs> of crazy stuff goes on in there. It's yeah, like you know, but I mean that—that that, I mean, I—I I believe that um, you know, all all religions should be uh, you know treated. Um, well, I, I mean, this is this is the thing that some people can—they can misconstrue this argument because I treat all religions the same in the sense that I don't believe any of them to be true. Uh, but you have to, you have to kind of um, not in the, you know, we don't, we shouldn't treat all religions in the same sense as like say, oh well, you know, well if all, all religions are bad, so we should just all kind of treat them on the same level. But unfortunately, there are some religions in the world today that are a lot more aggressive than the other religions, which you know, as far as I know, aren't sending out 
um, you know, people dressed as soldiers with weapons to, you know, to forcefully and bloodily, you know, seize land and kill people, Um, you know, and it's, and, you know, again, we're talking about an ideology. We're not talking about people. And yeah, she was there to say, look, this, this, this is the, this is the problems that exist within the ideology. Essentially what, when these discussions are happening, it's a call for people to have a think about, you know, maybe it's time that, so that some refer, ref, get me teeth in reformations take place you know how can we make this better how can we get rid of this stigma how can we you know come just, and uh, just introduce the notion that let's stop being dicks to one another it's like yeah, you know, yeah like... exactly in in you know in the in the simplest possible way of putting it um but uh, yeah but but again people just particularly under the you know the religion of islam it seems like people are less willing to have any kind of discussion that involves change or adaptation of any kind and again a lot of this you go back to the ideology which is so iron and you know inflexible in the way that it's designed and the way that it's preached and it's you know it's a tough it's a tough job that people have ahead of them you know that we all do because we all live in this world together so we all have to work on everything you know not just islam you know political structures that need reforming uh social things that need reforming but this is one unfortunately that needs to be talked about and the conversations unfortunately because of people like the islamists can't be had in a mature sensible you know in proper way yeah. and by the, the way other, everybody uh, i'm sorry about all like the, the the bleeping that's going on in my computer at the moment it's just the uh, my scanner's not working properly and it's just informing me that it's not working properly so uh, okay yeah just in case you're wondering you know so yeah it's not the politically correct police trying to break in and uh, yeah. <laughs> seize the equipment or anything like that but uh, the uh, the other thing i was going to say was um one of the comments that was made uh, by one of the people present, which was just so mind-numbingly stupid, was that they were. She was talking about you know the anti-Semitism that exists you know within the ideology. Of course, not all people are anti-Semitic, but unfortunately, the ideology does allow for it, and some people will you know go with that. And so she was talking about this, and she, and then someone in the audience said. Um, Oh well, anti-Semitism started in Europe. Yeah, I, 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 which was like, why? Why, why yeah. would you say that? It's like you, yeah, it's uh, you know, uh, let's say it did start in Europe. It doesn't mean it. It doesn't mean it stopped at Europe. I mean, it's like exactly. you, can, you, you can't be anti-Semitic, well, you know, wherever you may be. It's like well, you know, of course, of course. If there's a Jew that's like on the top of the North Pole, and like you go up and say something anti-Semitic to him, it's like you know. Mm, yeah, it, it still counts. Still counts as being anti-Semitic. And, yeah, and uh, you know, it was just so you know, I had a complete and total facepalm moment, and especially in the tone in which it was used. Oh, I can imagine a lot of those moments exist in this. It's like, yeah, yeah. It, it. Well, of course, yeah. Like the whole way through, I was just shaking my head. I thought, how how can how can this be allowed to be going on? <laughs> you know, how how can nobody be stepping in? How come security hasn't chucked these people out? You know, this whole thing of, oh, safe space, safe space. I'm like, well, if you're going to come in here and violate it, then you can bugger off. Well, it's <laughs> you, like, know? you know, when they say safe space, it's like, you know, it's like, it's, it's a total utter lack of common sense. It's like, you're sat there 
in you you chose to sat there in that lecture hall knowing what you were going to be listening to. Yeah, it's like, you, know, you exactly. can't you can't cross safe space when it's like you know it's uh, it's like it's, it like, it's like it's like going into a, it's like you know where you stepped into a gunfight. It's like you know it's like uh, it's like no oh, no don't shoot me. It's like you know yeah. well you know if you don't want to be in if you don't want to be in that gunfight if you don't want to get shot don't be in the gunfight. Yeah, exactly, and like it, it reminded me very much of uh, if you when you were a kid and you used to play Tig or things like that, and someone would come up to you and you'd crush your fingers and go, "Oh, kings, kings, I'm out, I'm out. You can't, you can't Tig me, you can't Tig me." And then as soon as they went away, you'd uncross your fingers. It's the it's the same as that. It's the perfect system for like you know being a prat and then not be able to be touched by anybody. But unfortunately, I think, again, this is something that perhaps the universities are going to have to think about. It's like, if you're going to have a space where people are going to come and speak, then if people are going to be disruptive, then they should be removed. You yeah. know, it's as simple as that, because not only are they being very obstructive, rude and offensive to the person who has taken the time to come there and speak, but also for the people in the audience who actually want to listen to what this person has to say and is ruining the experience for them as well. Yeah. I wonder you know. if the guy who turned off the projector, I wonder if this was going through his mind. These are the faces of evil. Which I have lately. <laughs> well, uh, I think we've we've kind of talked that topic to death yeah and, you know, mind I, you there's, I, one, there's one there's one thing i know uh, there's one thing i do worry about out of all of this and that is can you imagine if like you know the social justice warriors like these feminists and everyone like that you know like all basically the all the all of tumblr just kind of like came out onto the streets along with like these uh these islamists and uh, then like halfway through like while they're marching around like all the women start saying okay well, we're going to take all our tops off you know to yeah. uh show that we're you know we're equal among the yeah. men it's like, you know, hey, Vegeta, how many injured people do you think would end up in that? It's over 9,000! <laughs> Classic. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, so, so we've had yeah. a... I mean, let's let's move away from this and let's uh, get, yeah, get on let's with... Go, uh, let's go to the other end of the scale. Yeah. So we've talked about, you know, having an intellectual discussion about the issues surrounding Islam. So that's the correct way to do it. Why don't we show them the incorrect way of doing it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump, uh, who has called for a halt on Muslims entering the United States, wherever they may walk. So, yeah. uh, what? It, first of all, ha, I mean, do you think Donald Trump was either drunk or do you think he was on LSD? Um, of which narcotic uh, was running through his veins and affecting his brain? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Uh, all I can say is that when I first read... Um, when I first read that story, I honestly thought it was—I thought it was taking the piss. I tell you, when I, I thought, read an article about one of his wives who gave an interview saying that was apparently he keeps a uh, copy of Main Kemp next to his bed. You know, this is all starting to make a whole lot of sense. Mm. Yeah, well, the, you know, it, it's um, yeah. I mean, like you say, if you want to take a masterclass in how not to deal with geopolitical situations then, you know, yeah, just act like Donald Trump. I mean, it's kind of gotten to a point now where I'm just waiting for them to announce that it's all been a massive, big social experiment to see whether anybody would actually give their vote to someone. Well, you know what? There was something. I did actually uh, post in, on the Aramata Show Facebook page, by the way, ar- facebook.com forward slash Aramata Show. It was a couple of months ago, and it was actually Donald Trump who was uh, quoted in a particular magazine. I'm just trying to have a look for it now. But, you know, it's like, yeah, go on. What's uh, I mean, 
Um, where, 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 where do you think the line gets drawn in all of this? I mean, it's like, how far do you think he should? How far do you think he'll go? Well, God, I, I, you just saw. Well, this is the thing: when you've got somebody who has, you know, the party of God on their side or something like that, you know, when you've got someone like him, you just think, what, what did, what do they have to do for somebody to come along and say, actually, you're not running anymore. We don't want you. F off. You know, what I, well, let's, let's see. He's had a go now at the Muslims. He's had a go at the Mexicans. Uh, any more that we can think of that he's stuck an insult to? Uh, uh, oh, I tell you what, I'm really, I'm really, I really want to find this. Oh, here it is. Uh, let me, let me see if I can find it here. There was back in, I think it was in 1998, Donald Trump actually did uh, an interview with uh, People's Magazine. And uh, he actually, there actually was some, uh, uh, oh, hang on a second, actually, were these, uh, uh, actually, I'm just, I'm just looking at this now, someone actually fact-checks it, actually, I'm just wondering if now, we found no evidence that Donald Trump said the Republicans were the dumbest vote, group of voters in 1980 people's interview. Oh, okay, then that's fine, if there's uh, mm-hmm. no evidence of that, then obviously that's uh, that's not true, but, uh, oh, and I posted that on the Facebook page as well, sorry about that, people. Mm. Um, yeah, but, uh, I mean, in regards to, uh, you know, in regards to Donald Trump, I mean, it would be funny, wouldn't it? If, like, you know, we have Hillary Clinton, who is there making her victory speech, and then all the supporters are, like, going around Donald Trump's podium and wondering what he's going to say. Because, you know, he's obviously not going to congratulate Hillary, Hillary, if that's Hillary. It, if, that's, if that's what happens in uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. So, he's going to go up to the podium, and he's either going to do two things. He's either, when he loses, he's either going to say, this whole thing was just, you know, to make sure that Hillary Clinton won. You're all a bunch of suckers. Thank you very much. And he walks away with, like, security all surrounding him with, like, riot shields and stuff. Yeah. Or he just basically completely and utterly self-destructs mm-hmm. on stage. Like, you know, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying, like, you know, um, uh, verbal-wise. I mean, actually, literally self-destructs. He yeah. just blows up on stage because he's so full of shit. Yeah, and like, <laughs> he's just and, yeah, up. He all, like all, all the Trump supporters are just things. being rained down upon with like horse manure or something like that, or some kind of yeah. like really powerful excrement yeah, that you can exactly. use to do all style sorts of your hair with style. Oh, apparently style your hair with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. But, but I, mean, I mean, yeah, go on. Well, I was just going to say, like, you know, it's going to have to be things like, you know, he's going to have to start saying, well, I one of the things I want to do is take away the right of gay marriage because I never agreed with it. Uh, If people are too poor to live in the United States, then they should all be sent on a boat off somewhere else. You know, he's he's going to have I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. The things that he's been saying so far. To the point where even, you know, the prime minister of this country, the ever intellectual man that he is, even he was saying, you know, this is this is kind of, be, you know, he said it it's going too far. But there's people in parliament saying, you know, this is just beyond the joke. The, the Metropolitan Police funny. even reacted to what he said when, uh, you know, when he said that London was full of no-go areas for Muslims. It's like, you know, yeah, I think that thing was debunked quite a number of months ago, I believe. So, uh, yeah. like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he just—he's, you know, he's—he's he's using um, again instead of relying on his uh, pearly white fake teeth, uh, he's just proceeding to talk out his ass, you know. So, oh. but it, it's you know, it, it, well, we're not there. Was... Say, well, that that would be interesting, wouldn't it? He gets up on the podium, he just turns up, he just turns around and like pulls his trousers down and like you know that yeah. that's as far as it'll go. It's yeah, like, that's you know... it. Bends down, touches his toes, takes his wig off, puts it 
on the top of his ass and starts chatting. I'm sure there's plenty of hair on there for that, so don't worry about that. But I'm sure there's <laughs> more I mean, hair on there than he's got on his head, but you know. Yeah. But like, I mean, on a, on a serious note, like there was, I was reading up on it and I was just thinking, is this really the point that we've got to now? Is this really the world that we're living in where people like this, you know, whether you think it's a laugh or whether you're really serious, like at what point have we got to? You know, my question is, how does like he that? walk this back? Because, like, he can't walk this back. Because normally what would happen is, you know, with Mitt Romney, like, he would go... He didn't originally want to go as far right as he wanted to go. He only did it because he wanted to make sure that he got, he got the nomination for the Republican Party. And then, as you notice, he started to slowly start to come back towards the centre. So and that, that's, what, that's what presidential candidates in the Republican Party, and even in the Democrat Party, have done. They've wandered off towards their base. They've given them exactly what they want to hear. And then the minute they got their votes, they'll say, well, you know, the other side has actually something some good ideas as well yeah. and then he slowly well, starts walking his way back and yeah. but you know for donald trump at this point like there seems to be no turning back from what he is saying and that is a massive concern for the gop because if the gop end up selecting donald trump as this guy not only has and let's face it hillary clinton i think is going to become the nominee for the democrats i think that's i think that I've, you know bernie sanders for as much as i like him i don't think he's gonna i just don't th i think he's too far to the left for the united states for him to handle i think they're gonna be safer with hillary but mm -hmm. uh you know the the you know it, it just, these these attack ads for that hillary clinton will put out for when she becomes the nominee for the Democrats and when uh, Donald Trump becomes the nominee for the Republicans. And I, I'm not making, you know, I'm just making guesses here. You know, obviously, we've got a long way to go in this campaign still. But when we get to this situation, the attack ads for Hillary's camp will just write themselves. This guy is anti-Muslim. This guy uh, hates poor people. This guy thinks that a small loan is a million dollars. I mean, it's like, there is so, you know, the, forget what all the attacks that were given towards Ed Miliband and what's currently being given to Jeremy Corbyn. Can you imagine the amount of negative stuff that's going to come out in the media, on social sites, on news sites, on YouTube, on the TV? It's like, you know, they will just... the. The sphere of, of the world will just become entrenched with uh, Donald negative Donald Trump um, quotes and everything that he's done in this in this race, you know, there's going to have to be a really serious distraction from the United States to uh, them for them to just completely ignore the fact that uh, you know Donald Trump has said all these things because Hillary Clinton is going to uh, attack this from every from every single angle, and if she doesn't, she's an idiot. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, the guy, I, I, yeah, how, how much more rope does he need to hang himself with for, you know, someone like her to come along and just kick the stool out from under him? It's, uh, it's crazy. But, you know, one, one also worries slightly that, um, that we may get to be too wrapped up in the fact that, hey, you know Donald Trump, he's an absolute idiot that, again... We don't want that to become the opponent's full political campaign. You know, we want someone who is actually going to say... What, vote well, for this, stupid? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's, it's, you know... Again, it's uh, the fact that we're talking about this presidential election. Uh, you know, it will... 
affect us indirectly, but not, you know, we don't live in America. But, I mean, really, you don't want someone like him sitting at the helm. I mean, can you just, I can't even imagine. Well, actually, the scary thing is that I can imagine him in the White House, but I just imagine a shitstorm <laughs> coming with it. You know, it's. It's, yeah, it's I just think terrifying. I think now that I think the Republican Party must be in complete disarray over this because all you know they're all united at the moment because there's been uh, uh, people within the Republican Party who have been completely you know pouring scorn over uh, Donald Trump for doing this. You know he's likely for the Republican base to be the, the candidate of of the uh, uh, be the Republican candidate, and here he is saying all this stuff. It's like you know, uh, they you know they've completely failed, and uh, out of no fault, probably not. It's probably not their fault that they failed to contain Donald Trump. You know, Donald Trump can say whatever he wants and uh, you know get away with it. He's already you know there's no blowback from what he says, mm. you know. But because uh, obviously he's he's made all his money. You know, he's uh, what he's a couple of he's a couple of billion now he's worth at the moment, and. Uh, so you know, it's like it's he's he's not going to complain whether he wins or loses. But uh, you know, the Republican Party are now in. I think are you know, are going to be in absolute dire straits because now they've got a candidate who will be electable through their bunch of crazies, but uh, it will be completely and utterly unelectable for the rest of the country. Mm. Uh, or at least you know, definitely within the Latino communities, definitely with the Islamic communities, definitely with uh, women. And like he got, he's not he's not winning on women. I'll definitely tell you no. that right now. And uh, you know, and Hillary's just gonna just with a vacuum cleaner just hoover all these people up. Yeah. And uh, and and take all these people in. You know, Hillary or Bernie Sanders. I, I don't know who's gonna be. You know, again, I'm only making assumptions here. You know, based on what's based on what's going on now. But uh, you know, this is gonna be. You know, the Republican Party are gonna have to do something because right now the, it is it is all looking like you know this guy is gonna be their guy. And it's gonna only be—it is gonna be only for a narrow audience, and it's not gonna appeal to everybody. No. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we were supposed to be speaking about you know the fact that you know he's uh, he's completely tarred all Muslims with the same brush and things like that. But you know, I'm sorry to sound like a political pundit here, but uh, you know, it's like you know he's not only just hurt you know uh, Muslims by saying this. He's not only hurt you know uh, English people by saying this. He's not only hurt uh, himself. By saying this, he's hurt probably more people than you think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, he just continues to do that, and uh, who knows where it's going to end? Who knows what we're going to open the paper or put the internet on tomorrow and see who's he attacking now? Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to something a bit more positive now. Uh, BuzzFeed uh, did the best 18 moments for 90s kids in 2015. So, uh, shall we go through all of them and think? Say what we think. Sure, yeah. Okay, then. Something a bit positive to speak about. Okay, then. Mm-hmm. The uh, the first one is uh, for the 18 best part moments of uh, 90s kids in 2015 was Nickelodeon's Return of the Splat. Yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about this so many times yeah, on, it's like, uh, so. on the show. I don't but... think this needs talking about again. Yeah, I think, you know, best good, good way to start off with number one. Yeah. Um, number two, uh, the cast of All That Reunited, not once, uh, but twice this year. Which includes uh, Kel Mitchell and includes all the all the rest of the gang as well. So uh, that's uh, I think all that I think was probably more American based I think more than they were UK based. So, uh, but they yeah. did uh, panels at Comic Con and Comic Craze, so uh, they did some good stuff there. So yeah, yeah. Uh, number three, when Kel Mitchell decided to return home to Nickelodeon. Oh uh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So, did you hear about uh, the interview that he gave? 
when when he'd only just come back to Nickelodeon. Uh, I don't think I did. No, he no, he no. admitted that he was uh, when during his uh, quiet time he was uh, he fell into uh, drinking drugs. Well, no surprise there. It's it's typical of um, a lot of young stars. Uh, Not which at is, all. It's it's yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it's... Justin Shankaro didn't do that, and you know Olivia Hag didn't do that, and Annie McAfee made a made a uh, is now an, is an entrepreneur. She's now she now uh, does voiceover work. Mm. For ourselves, like you know, other people didn't do that. No, well, again, it's just it's it's a tough one. I, I I could only say that, or I could only assume rather that the people who didn't had you know lots of good people around them. I think that sometimes when young, yeah, but even then, it's like you know, you know, you get some. I mean, I mean, I don't want to refer to like the Jeremy Cal show or anything like that, but you know, you have some people who go through the most roughest of upbringings. You know, their their father d- drinks himself to into drank himself into his grave. His mother like just shoots heroin rather than you know getting him ready for school. And yet, there are some people who actually you know come from like the most messed up of backgrounds, and yet still 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 some miraculously turn out to be good people. Yeah, okay. well, of course, yeah, but uh, it's I suppose it's all down to the individual, and you know, from from my experience and having read uh, stories uh, about people who've you know they've had fame, they've had the high life. Sometimes it can drive you crazy, and you know, and they can fall into those things. But of course, it doesn't mean that everybody can. But um, anyway, well, it wasn't this supposed to be positive. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's move away. Yeah, from let's that, move away from that. Uh, <laughs> number f- uh, okay, the fourth one was uh, when Nickelodeon announced that they're rebooting some of your favorite Nicktoons. Oh uh, yeah, again we've we've talked a lot about this, and uh, yeah, um, yeah, we have spent quite looking, a lot of time looking about forward well. to seeing who comes back to the screens and what they'll look like in twenty sixteen. Yeah, uh, number five when they confirm Hey Arnold the movie, the uh, Hey Arnold movie would finally answer all our questions that we've been holding on for this uh, very long time. Well, again, very, very close to uh, this particular show. Um, yeah, so the, uh, the uh, Hey Arnold fans actually just this is a, little bit, a little bit of news while we're talking about this. So that is, uh, so some of the Hey Arnold fans actually started a petition, and they have asked that uh, if Hey Arnold does do a spin-off show from uh, when when they've done this movie, they want Arnold to be one of the main characters of the show. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I don't know really. It's like you know you have Helga. You know, can't she? Can't isn't she entitled to have her own show? Uh, you know, like yeah. Uh, well, I mean that that was one of the plans originally, wasn't it? Yeah, Pictakis um, and that. So was yeah. Like, well, it, I, again, I've I've said it before. Uh, won't go into it, but like I I would like if they did do another thing to maybe do them uh, a bit older. No, that would be good. Uh, number six, uh, when Keenan and Kel were reunited in the Good Burger sketch of the Jimmy Fallon show. Ah, uh, classic. Yeah, that was hilarious. Brilliant. Again, was. Uh, was uh, good for all of us youngsters who grew up with them, and uh, you know it was very, it was very funny. Yeah, very very. I'm just surprised Jimmy stuff. Fallon uh, worked at uh, Good Burgers. Like you know, was it was he the kid that was uh, behind it all all, all this time? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I highly doubt it. No. Mm-hmm. Um, number seven, when the students of Bayside hung out for the lockers once again in Saved by the Bells sketch. Yeah, again another uh, another reunion. Uh, nice to see those guys back again. Uh, Saved by the Bell wasn't one that I watched loads when I was younger, but enough to sort of you know feel a swell of nostalgia um, to see those guys coming back. Yeah, um, I was like I, I was. Um, I mean, I was glad to see like the you know the guys from you know obviously uh, you know uh, uh, Zach. I mean Matt. Oh, what's his name? Um, 
uh, I completely forgot names now. Uh, Mario Lopez and uh, you know Elizabeth Berkeley and uh, you know all the uh, all the guys come back again and you know do do this. But uh, I mean, it, it was great to watch. But uh, there was a bit of there was a sense of you know there there was a sense of desperation in it as well because you know Jimmy Fallon, you know he had his critics online. You know, it's like some people actually asking when Jane Leno was going to come back and things like that. And I think uh, when he when he did this, I thought, oh my god, you know he's uh, he's trying to pull every rabbit out of the hat. But apparently, you know, it got a, a great response. And you know the only the only negative negative thing I think that could come out of this really is that uh, why did Dustin Diamond have to go and stab somebody in the bar and get himself arrested? Mm-hmm. It's like you know it's like uh, yeah it's just it's ridiculous. Anyway, um, number eight uh, when our favorite babysitters reunited after twenty years. Uh, this is the Babysitters Club they're talking about. Uh, not too familiar with this no, one. No, it's like it's you know. Not. I'm not too sure about that one. Uh, number nine when the cast of Hocus Pocus reunited on Halloween. Wow, yeah, that's uh, I've I've had a look at the picture. It's uh, it's pretty cool, um, and they're doing Hocus Pocus too. Yeah, it's like it was, uh, you know, is it you know you know they start talking about you know doing sequels and stuff. It's like you know when they were talking about you know when uh, Robin Williams was uh, you know before he sadly left us. You know they were talking about oh is there going to be a Mr. Mrs. Doubtfire too? It's mm. like you know it's like well hasn't doesn't the original kind of hold itself up well anyway? Yeah, it really needs. Look at Big Mama's House. You know, the Big Mama's House one was okay, but you really have to go like through a, like a line of sequels. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Most things tell uh, their story once. You don't need to say any more than that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was. It's nice to see the the Hocus Pocus guys. Uh, her in the middle, uh, the one who played um, the, the the love interest. Uh, she's aged pretty well. Yeah, and uh, number ten, uh, when the cast of Aladdin took us on a magic carpet ride down memory lane on ABC oh, News. Beautiful, beautiful it was. Beautiful. That was like that was like wow. It was like they still got it after all this time. It's like, of course, it's like, yeah, oh, they, of course, they, yeah. That's the thing. These guys are like you know professional singers and uh, voice artists, and you know regardless of whether they get any older, uh, you know they may look physically out of shape or whatnot, but um, yeah, they'll always have those glowing voices. Yeah. Same as the... I'll tell uh, you what, the, the worst out of that that came out of everybody out of our uh, kind of our childhood memories, I think I think Mike Myers probably came out the worst, probably, I reckon, because, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's put on quite a lot of weight since uh, doing Austin Powers. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, well, he's, he's kind of... I think his career died after the guru. Well, I think. It didn't really die. I mean, he's like Shrek, you know. He's, he's still yeah, got Shrek. Yeah, I mean, I, I always forget that he's Shrek. <laughs> But he is like, Shrek, how, yeah. how many how many Shrek movies did did we get? Four, I think, was it, or was the five? I, I think remember. there was. Well, it really depends if you count the like the Halloween specials and stuff. I think oh, you know it was just done to death. I it mean, was, isn't it? Just, could have just left it with one, but uh, but no, yeah, the cast of Aladdin. No, I disagree. I think if you, I think I think they should have been. I think three. I think probably would have been enough. I think if they did, I think three was when it started to get really started get, getting stale. It's like, you know, I think two had to happen because obviously everyone wants to know what happened after, after, you know, after they lived happily ever after. They wanted, they wanted, I think, I think a lot of people wanted to know what happened, you know, after ever after. So I think two had to happen. I think uh, there was no, there was no debate over that. And actually, surprisingly enough, I think a lot of people actually compare, actually like two compared to one. So it's Mm. like, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um. Oh yeah. Well, oh yeah. By the way, everyone keeps telling me, it's like, oh, when's Austin Powers 4 going to happen? It's not. Mm. As, if, if anything, it's not going to be with Mike Myers, if it yes. does happen. And uh, okay, and uh, okay. Number eleven. When rumors surfaced that the Spice Girls, Backstreet Boys would be doing a tour, I can't remember this. When when did that happen? 
Um, that was on Crushable.com. Uh, apparently, that was one of the things that was uh, announced there. Uh, nothing's been confirmed uh, late, as of the report this year, but uh, there is still this talk going on about apparently they might be going live on tour. And uh, wow. mind you, could, you know, Spice Girls and Backstreet Boys. Could you imagine how ex- how extortionate the ticket prices would be for a show yeah. like that, especially when it's only going to probably happen the once. Yeah, but people will still pay it. Yeah, people will pay through the nose for that. Oh my god, I could imagine. You know, you think, you think the uh, the WWE tickets are outrageous? <laughs> I imagine what Spice Girls, Backstreet Boy tickets are going to cost. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you better just hope that you know all the radio show contests uh, get you lucky. <laughs> uh, number twelve, when Netflix decided to bless us with Fuller House. Uh, again, don't really know this one. No, apparently it was a uh, Full House, which was uh, like the Tanner family and things like that. I think it was. Uh, Something else. And uh, num- uh, number 13, when Goosebumps movie was finally released. Yeah, I remember seeing, uh, I think I saw this by mistake about the, the trailer for <laughs> the Goosebumps movie. And and then I went and, uh, yeah, I had a look at it. And uh, I don't know, like I, I, I sort of thought when, when they said they were going to be doing a Goosebumps movie, I thought that perhaps it might be, you know, something a bit, bit more clever than what they did but it, you know I've, I've not seen it yet so I, I withhold my judgment but um, you know I think this I, is the curse I, with movies I think uh, you know when you when when TV shows go on a bit of a run for a while and then they decide okay well let's cash in and let's make a movie it's like you know unfortunately you know some of the some of the juiciest stuff that they've done is kind of already been done and so it's like you've not really got much else to really work with so, I mean, um, if you take, uh, I'm trying to think what might be the best example to take. Um, I had it in my brain just then, and I can't remember what it was. It was, uh, I mean, besides Goosebumps movie, there was, uh, I mean, actually, I'm surprised the Simpsons movie got the praise that it did, you yeah. know, given that, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a little bit more epic than some of the, other, you know, the, uh, the, the other episodes, but uh, now that yeah, you but look it was at just, Simpsons... It was just another episode, wasn't it? It was... Uh, I, that, yeah, that's that's the problem when you do something that's sort of like a TV series. You adapt it to film. Like, the story that you go with is never really going to measure up to people's expectations. I mean, again, I would be... If there are any of our listeners who can think of any films that were, you know adapted from tv shows like this that were actually really good then uh please send them because i can't think of any at the moment yeah but, i mean it's like um, I'll, I'll be open to that you know if anyone's got any ideas of movies that uh, shouldn't have came to be really after the tv show went on a good run then yeah let us know mm-hmm. so uh, anyway so speaking of uh, bad movies uh, number 14 uh, when space jam 2 actually kind of became a thing yeah, like I again, did we not say all we needed to say with the first one? Do we really need another basketball game between aliens and cartoon characters? Yeah, you know, it's, it, like... it's I don't know. I just I don't even know whether it's still happening or not. No, but... I, I, I don't. Th- I think it's just uh, something that LeBron James hasn't ha- happens to have something to talk about. So uh, I think. Well, uh... Yeah, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I would love them to do another good sort of live action mixed with. Nah, cartoon I, th- I think thing. if the first one's anything to go by i think uh, the fact that they had four writers for it it's like you know keep that keep that in mind uh space jam was a terrible film uh, no, that has a, that, that has a cult follow space jam no, i, I hated was, space jam i loved it it was I bland it was great I I, 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 it wasn't as good as Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but I, I still. No, 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 no. Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh, is on a different planet compared to where Space Jam is. 
I'm sorry to make you know space puns in you know in a space talking about Space Jam, but uh, I mean you know Who Framed Roger Rabbit had you know the most amazing effort put into it. You know not just on. Uh, you know, the sets and everything like that, the story, things like that. That was when Steven Spielberg uh, wasn't losing it as much as he is now. It's like, mm. you know, it was uh, th- that was, uh, if I had to show a great example of uh, what, you know, Steven Spielberg and some of these, you know, movie companies can do, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is definitely up there with uh, some of the, some of the great classics that we have, you know. See, maybe maybe if they did another film like that but on that level rather than just a basketball game, then yeah, maybe uh, yeah. you know, I'd like to see Well, they that. tried to do it with watch the Dream Balloon scenes back in action. Oh god, yeah. Now if you want to talk about shit movies, <laughs> there is a shit movie. There is a shit. There it is. <laughs> like, you know. So, but yeah, so Space Jam 2, kind of glad if it isn't happening, because we don't need it. I'll tell you what it's like, is when your dog eats like, a, you know, like a, uh, the jewel off your uh, girlfriend's ring or something like that, or your fiance's ring, and uh, you're just waiting for him to like, you know, shit it out or whatever, and then you say like, you know, there's there's the shit, and then you like say, and you kind of like, you know, there's Space Jam, pretty much, mm-hmm. there's there's the big pile of shit, and you say, okay, we're just going to go through all the shit now and look for the, uh, the Looney Tunes back in action, oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, yeah. that's basically what it was. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, number 15. Uh, when we saw genetically engineered dinosaurs in Jurassic World, I mean, we did a review on it already, so, like, there's an hour and 22 minutes where we talked about it, so uh don't think yeah. we really need to go through that again. No, no. Um, but, uh, six, uh, number, yeah. six, uh, number 16, uh, when Clueless hit the big 2-0. Two, two oh. mm. uh, Clueless yeah. was 20 years old, so uh, I'm not too familiar with Clueless. No, I'm not either. But I recognise her, that Victoria Sil- Silverman, is it? Victoria Silverman, who mm. was in Batman Forever, uh, Batman and Robin. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Are we going to give her back to bad films? No, well, I, ju- I just think it probably symbolised the, the the end of her career. So Yeah, bad nipples. Uh, yeah, yeah, bad nipples. Bad nipples. <laughs> bad crotch. Bad crotch, yeah. Um, number 17, oh man, now this makes you feel old. When Toy Story turned 20. Wow, yeah, God. I, young people today, I mean, I'm going to sound old now, but young people today won't appreciate, like, you know, when you were a kid watching that movie at the cinema, like, just how amazing it looked you know this 3d animation that we'd not seen on a scale like that um this for disney was actually a massive gamble because it was investing in something which had never been tried you know outside of you know something that would end up in like a sesame street skit or something like that it was you know something that disney you know disney at the time you know they were looking for the next big thing because you know what they did aladdin they did beauty and the beast they've done all uh, little mermaid they did all these great you know animated move you know epics you know of films and then you know they were war- you know they were obviously looking for the next big thing and so they decided to take the gamble with pixar and say okay then we'll, we'll help you make toy story and Toy Story came out, and uh, yeah, it just became this massive phenomenon, and mm-hmm. uh, that uh, kicks off Pixar. Yeah. So it was a massive gamble by Pixar and by Disney to do this, and uh, it massively, massively paid off. Yeah, it will always have a very special place in my heart, and uh, it'll always yeah. find a friend with me. Aye. <laughs> you got ready. <laughs> oh my! And it also kicked off uh, the career of uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's what's his name? Who sang that? Um, uh, oh. Newman, 
Uh, Gabe Newman, was it? I can't remember. But, uh, I can't remember either. Yeah, and then he went off to make other mundane songs like in James and the Giant Peach. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, number 18, when Home Alone marked its 25th year anniversary. Wow, yeah. See, I've not watched it yet. I will definitely be watching it at some point before Christmas. It's kind of a, a ritual thing. that There are several films that I will watch now every year, uh, Home Alone being one of them. It's just not quite Christmas unless you watch this movie. And, you know, it's, it's a brilliant uh, family movie. Uh, it's got all of these brilliant, memorable moments in it, and uh, you know, one may, you know, I always think, I hope Macaulay Culkin is uh, doing all right this Christmas because I know that things haven't really been brilliant for him since, you know, like yeah, uh, since I mean, the Home Alone days. I know some people are saying like, you know, well, isn't isn't this another isn't he another victim of Hollywood and stuff like that? Like, you know, like Amanda Bynes and uh, all these other. You yeah. know, people who've like gone through LA and stuff like that. It's like, look, you know, other people haven't gone through that. It's like, you know, so it's, uh, I don't know. It's like, there's just part of me that believes, you know, somewhere down the line, people have to take, you know, obviously, you know, you can't help, you know, what happens to some people's background. It is sad, you know, sometimes, but, you know, isn't there an essence of personal responsibility that sometimes needs to be taken in? Uh, like, you know? I would agree with you up to a up to a level, but yeah. in the case when it's child performers, a lot of them don't have the capacity to take responsibility because they. Well, kind I mean, of... when they when they get older, I mean, I'm I'm, to I'm talking about. Well, like, you know... again, it's difficult if they've if they've grown up with this sort of life and things around them. Uh, you know, it just becomes the norm. I would just say if you if you if you want to look up on it, then. You know, have a look at some of these guys like um, Corey. Is it Corey Feldman from the Goonies? Like, you know, you listen to some of his um, some of his stories. Like, you know, it, it, you, unless you've unless you've been a, a child the, star in yeah. Hollywood, you can't sort of comprehend the the world in which they're put in. Like he says, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's like you know, uh, if if you're a child and someone like really messes you up, you know, at that at that, at that, very, that very young age, and then you know where you're very unable to cope, then you know, yeah. But you know, at that at that particular time. But I think when uh, you know, obviously when you when you do wrong and you fall off the rails, and then you come back again, and then you fall off the rails again. It's like mm. you know what? Well, it's like you know. Fall. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. Like you know, there are definitely people out there uh, who, and some some of whom I know, who you know they they have problems with uh, substance abuse, and I think yeah, you know, at some point nobody is going to help you. You have to yeah, yeah, take responsibility for your own life. But yeah. I think just in the like, case, don't get me wrong. It's like people who like fall off. <laughs> like, let's say for example, people fall off the rail once, and like they you know then they come back and you know become really great people. Then you say like, you can't you can't fault them after that. It's like hey you you know. You've fallen off the rails and you turn your life, you turn your life around, but then it goes off and happens again, and again. It's like you know, it's like you know, uh, for, for me once, shame on you. For me twice, shame on me. It's like you yeah. Know, it's like, well, it's you know, human beings are self-destruction uh, exists within our nature. It's something that we apparently find very difficult to shake off, whether it's as a group or whether it's as an individual. Um, but again, I would say that it's 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 a different it's a different scenario when you're talking about uh, child performers. But um, yeah, I mean, it would be interesting if he could have some kind of uh, you know if he could find a way of rebooting his career because there are some child performers who go on to have a great career as an adult as well. I'm trying to think of. Uh, the name of the actor, Jackie Earl Haley, who played Rorschach 
in uh, The Watchmen. Mm. Um, you know, he was a child actor. Um, and then he obviously had a gap and he's come back now as a as a as an adult actor, uh, a great character actor. Um, so, you know, it's not like, yeah, you're right. It's not always doom and gloom for everybody. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, just everybody's, I know he's everybody's ch- story is different. Yeah. yeah. I know he's not a child actor, but, you know, I think the big the biggest comeback story I think of all time is going to be Robert Downey Jr., who, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously fell into uh, bad times and then all of a sudden became Iron Man. Yeah, like, now with the mo- probably one of the most highly paid, definitely in the top ten most highly paid Hollywood movie stars. You know, like he's never going to have to worry about being broke again a day in his life. So. Nope, definitely with Iron Man stuff lying around. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's. Uh, anyway, that was uh, the 18 best moments uh, for 90s kids in 2015. So, well, let's uh, move on to uh, something else. Uh, we'll quickly brush off on this because you know our uh, our South American politics is not the strongest of things. But uh, <laughs> no, you know, I, I think so. uh, we, but we can safely say I think Hugo Chavez is definitely dead and buried. You know, mm. uh, given what's happened in Venezuela. So uh, then, what we're talking about is uh, the opposition in Venezuela has run the majority of seats in the National Assembly, overturning nearly two decades of dominance by the socialist president uh, of uh, Nicolas uh, Maduro. But mind you, the majority of it, I think, was from Hugo Chavez, to be honest. Uh, five hours after the polls ended, uh, the National Ele- Electoral Council announced the opposition had won 99 seats. Uh, president Maduro has admitted defeat, recognizing uh, these adverse results. Uh, this is the worst ever defeat for the leftist movement founded by former leader Hugo Chavez in 1999. Uh, the socialists gained only 46 seats, with another 22 yet to be declared. Uh, results much later have been expected five hours after the ball closed. Uh, fireworks erupted around the capital, Caracas. Uh, soon after so uh, and you know it's like uh, unfortunately you know it's like you know they really have dropped the ball on this I mean if you look at the stats like you know Venezuela has you know 100% inflation you know they at one point they like uh, you know a, a Mars bar was probably like you know triple the price that it was you know uh, compared to where it was probably a couple of years ago it's like they have just they have completely mismanaged this country and now there's like now there's hyperinflation and there's violence on the streets yeah it's like you know it's just it's uh and it's just it's uh unfortunate whether you know people like talk about like uh you know being like oh it's a conspiracy by the united states of america to uh, you know make sure that so you know the leftists uh, are defeated in uh, south america but it's like you know when you when people start to feel when, I mean, even when the reality on the ground starts to become so that mm. uh you know people's lives are really badly affected by what's going on it's yeah. like unfortunately, you know, the the the, the which, where's the straw? The straw is gonna is gonna break the camel's back somewhere. It's you know, it's gonna you know put it in cardiac arrest and uh, you know have it be led you know decomposing on the in the sand. Yeah, it's like you know, well, it's just it's uh, somewhere down the line, something's got to give. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, that was that really. So uh, we're definitely interested to see what happens uh, after that. Mind you, it's like you know. It would be very disappointing to see that, you know, they've turned out, you know, they've got rid of 20 years of socialist rule and to find that, you know, it's uh, not going to get any better. So let's, let's hope it does for the people of Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, I don't know why he keeps coming back, but somehow he does. Tommy Robinson, uh, a former uh, leader of the English Defence League, then announced that so he was going to be in the background of the Pegida UK movement. That is the uh, anti-Muslim uh, movement uh, that has been going on across uh, Europe, though. Uh, he has put an allegation, uh, surpri- surprisingly, uh, which uh, I don't know. Like, uh, let's try. Let's just look at this and see what we think of it. So. Uh, Tommy Robinson was in prison for mortgage fraud. 
And he was approached by officers who were keen to exploit him. And so basically what they said to him was, you know, uh, we can possibly, you know, help you out in, in, in all of this. And that is that. But what we want you to do is we want you to join Britain first and become a double agent for us uh, for spying and for us to, for you to spy on the leader of Britain first, Paul Golding, and give us information on what, what, what he was doing. So basically, they wanted him from who had uh, joined, gone, gone away from a racist organization from when he, uh, the Quilliam Foundation, somehow, whether financially or whether you know, you know, uh, logically, got him away from that from the English Defence League. They basically wanted to throw him into another extremist organization, Britain First, when he'd already publicly announced that you know he wanted to get away from all of this. Mm. So I don't know really. It's like you know, it's kind of like you're saying, okay, well, you know, we know you've got off crack. But you know, we want you to now go back on crack so you can so you can uh, spy on some drug dealers for us. Yeah, well, I mean, so, as far as I know, I thought that he had, like, you know, he said I've, I've quit. He, that he had, he'd quit the English Defence League. Um, but I, I, I don't know what this new move is. You know, uh, perhaps it is. Maybe he's a double agent. Maybe he's going into. Uh, yeah, do the spying on it. I mean, it, it, it does it, make it you seems... wonder, doesn't it? I mean, now he's he's not part of Britain first, by the way. You know, he basically this was what was said by him, but he's now apparently being part of this Pegida movement, whatever this is going to be. But uh... yeah, I mean, the, the the problem with movements like this is that you know you know one can understand in the current climate how these things can take root and spring up, and uh, unfortunately, you know, this it's not uh, it's not a movement that I would. Uh, that I would endorse because, again, it goes back to the first story we talked about in the sense that, yes, we do need to talk about, you know, religious fundamentalism and, you know, theocratic um, totalitarianism, but this is not the way to do it. You know, you cannot go out and have witch hunts against people because... You know, that's that's not going to solve the problem. That's just going to make things worse. In fact, it, you know, things like this will, uh, again, going back to the fact I was saying about people needing to educate themselves, this will be giving people disinformation. This will be making people feel less reluctant to look into things. And, you know, the, the, the thing that we have to remember, talking about the, um, the Kalim Foundation, um, is that you know they do a lot of work. I'm very much in support of them in the sense that what they're trying to do is uh, you know they're trying to push for this idea of reformation and talks within the community and also to stand up for the rights of the minorities within the minorities. Yeah. Um, I just wanted you know, to uh, sorry is it. Uh, cut you off in full throw. There's actually some news actually that's just coming through, and that is that uh, uh, the SNP, uh, Scottish National Party, uh, their Muslim MP Tasmina uh, Ahmed Sheikh, she's asking uh, that uh, uh, Theresa May ban Donald Trump from entering the country. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I saw this on the news earlier on actually that they were saying about you know is it really going to be a, a good idea to allow him to come here? He's just going to cause trouble, you know, but. Um, mm. But yeah, and especially within these communities uh, that we're just talking about here, like um, you know, you you you've got to remember the 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 first victims of uh, you know religious fundamentalism are you know people Muslims. within the people within yeah. the religious, religious and, identity itself. And the problem the problem with the the ideology and and its inflexibility is the fact that when there are 
Muslims within the community who are probably saying, well, you know, you know, why, why don't we have a discussion? You know, why don't we ask questions? They are immediately silenced um, and, you know, shut down. And you have, uh, you know, the, the uh, Muslims who are interested in talking about reformation. You have uh, the LGBT Muslims who, of course, are feeling more in the closet than, say, um, you know, someone, uh, you know, uh, someone who is not a believer of the religion yeah. would find, you know, um, there are the feminists just to, just, just to move, just within to move. the community. Um, yeah. you know, just to walk it back, people. I mean, obviously we talked about social justice warriors and like feminism and things like all, 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 all the wrong with that and things like that. But, uh, I mean, on the subject that, uh, you know, you take somebody... Who uh, who's just walked away from extremism, and then you know, the police go up to him and say, "Well, you know," and I'm also, I mean, these are allegations at the moment. We don't know if this is true or not. But you know, is this really, uh, you know, a way of really gathering intelligence by basically saying, "Okay, well, here here you are, you know, extremist. You know, uh, we want you to go back into extremism, and we want you to basically spy for us." I mean, is that necessarily a good way of basically doing something? Or, you know, gathering uh, intelligence on somebody. I don't know. Well, I, no, I mean, you know, I'm sure there are other ways that they could uh, find out what they wanted to know. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's um, just, to, just to finish the point I was on before. Yeah, sorry, was go that, on. Um, Yeah, the, um, the, the fact of the matter is that when you have the, these, um, you know, these people who come out and march against Islam, they are not marching against... Uh, you know, they're not marching against the fundamental ideology. They are just uh, apparently marching against all Muslims. And when people do that, the Muslims who are, uh, you know, the moderates and the minorities within the minorities think, well, who the bloody hell am I supposed to speak to? Who can I rely on when, you know, there's people within my own community who are keeping me silent. There's people outside the community who are keeping me silent. So what the hell am I supposed to do? I just think that it's, you know, that any group like this, whether it's the extreme Muslims or the extreme British that are out, I just think that, you know, these are things that, um, you know, these are things that, 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 I mean, certainly that the police should be keeping their eye on them. But if sending Tommy Robinson back in, uh, you know, that's that's certainly not how I would do it. Put it like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, let's finish up on this last thing that uh, currently Craig crept up, which just finally goes back to religion again, which, uh, you know, this has been a very religious show, I must say, Oof. even though we've been criticizing religion quite a bit. But uh, um, a top judge has led calls to scrap mandatory Christian worship in daily school, in schools on a daily basis, which, uh, yeah. you know, I think, to be honest with you, you know, we talk about uh, schools being exam, you know, exam factories. You know, basically making people into professional test takers rather than actual people. So like, you know, I guess out of everything that we could probably get rid of in uh, in schools, I think probably this is one thing we could possibly do away with in, 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 in you know, uh, to stop wasting kids' time. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I did see about this, and I, and I know that some people, you know, they go on about how, you know, Britain is a christian country and we seem to be losing sight of that like i i i just i don't know i i think that it's uh you know it's just it's a country um i remember when i was at school we sung hymns in assembly i think we from what i can remember when we were in infant we used to say amen and like do a little prayer but um after we left infant and went into juniors 
we didn't do that anymore. And, you know, nobody's really getting... The kids don't really get anything out of it. It's it's they don't. You know, what, what would it, be better? Just you know, teaching kids about the way of life, the way life is, and things like that. It's just, and I'm sorry to sound like I'm like some kind of like crazed hippie or something like that, but uh, I mean, it's just uh, I don't know really. It's like you know they you know somewhere you know they bring these kids in, and then somewhere down the line, you know, basically it's like okay, the sats are coming up. So like, yeah, you know, gotta 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 teach by the test and things like that. It's like yeah, you know, well, I mean, yeah, there's 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 problems within schools in this country uh, that go a lot deeper and deserve more attention than having, you know, a little daily worship. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. It wouldn't, but if I had a child that went to a school that sort of did prayers and stuff like that, uh, it wouldn't necessarily bother me. Um, but again, if they said, oh, well, we're getting rid of them now, again, uh, it doesn't really bother me. Um yeah, I mean, it's for kids to do daily worship. You know, it's it's literally the same as writing a a Christmas letter to Father Christmas. You know, it, it's I just don't see how it's really useful to their education. You know, uh, and again, all right, if it's little kids, then most of them come to school to help develop their early learning and to sort of make friends and have fun. You know, they, you shouldn't be thinking about their student career when they're five years old, but like. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm sure there'll be people who will be up in arms about it. But, um, you know, the good thing about Christianity is that, you know, they're not going to start uh, setting fire to things. You know, they're, it's just going it to, it's been, it's gone. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll move on from it, you know. And, and quite rightly, like you say, um, the, the school should be more, should be spending more time in teaching children about, you know, I would say things like philosophy or uh, life skills or social skills or things that they are really going to need for when they finish their time at school. Uh, and also for, for when they're at school. Um, you know, I think that learning about religions in religious studies in the same way that you learn about history, that's fine. But... Um, yeah, again, I could, I could, I could go on the bandwagon about it. But yeah, I yeah, because it's the last story of the show. <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't bother me that they've scrapped the the, the worship. No, really. And uh, with that, I think we're done. So uh, yeah, good uh, good evening of talk. Yeah, yeah, we've we've covered a lot there. And, yeah, uh, yeah. As I say, we'll 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 have to do those uh, other stories on the next show. Yeah, I think uh, definitely. I definitely want to talk about YouTube. Definitely yeah, about some of the sure, stuff yeah, going on there. Definitely. definitely. All right, then, uh, Harry, pleasure as always. I'll uh, yes. let you go at this point, and uh, yeah, I'll catch you next week, man. Yeah, see you soon, buddy. Take Cheers, care. Cheers, Harry. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, all right, everybody. It's, uh, yeah, this has uh, been the Aaron Metzer Show, uh, sorry, Aaron Metzer and Harry Dyer Show. It's uh, been the 8th of uh, December of 2015, so thank you very much for checking out the show. If you want to find us on Twitter, it's twitter.com forward slash Aaron Metzer Show, facebook.com forward slash Aaron Metzer Show. On Tumblr, it's aaronmetzer.tumblr.com. And also on the, you can find us on iTunes, on Player FM, on Stitcher, all the places where you can find podcasts as well. Thank you very much for checking out the show, and we will see you once again next week. Take care. Bye for now.